Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you all the glory, we give you all the praise. Thank you, Lord, for this time in your presence. Even as we are gathered here this morning, we pray that we will not leave here the same. Holy Spirit, touch every heart. Anoint my lips, O God. I pray, Lord, that you guide my thoughts in Jesus' mighty name. Let me say exactly what you want me to say. I pray that every heart will be receptive to your word. That your word will impact lives this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Right. This morning, I just want to speak on, I just want to bring an exhortation to you. And I want to talk on the Christ factor. The Christ factor. In Colossians chapter 1 from verse 24, the Bible says, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you and filled up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for your sake, for the sake of his body, which is the church, of which I became a minister according to the steward, according to the stewardship. The mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to the saints. To them God willed to make known what the riches of his of the glory of this mystery. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, the meaning of Christ is Messiah, Christos, or the Anointed One. The, the Jewish people, the Israelites, were expecting the Messiah who was coming, was going to save them and deliver them. The Messiah had been prophesied about in the Old Testament. And so they had an expectation that there was going to be somebody who is going to be a deliverer who would come to them and save them. However, the mystery in this is that the Israelites and the Jewish people who received this message about the Messiah did not know that the Gentiles were included. And so they thought that the Messiah was coming to them alone. The mystery that Paul is talking about that has been hidden from ages. When Paul was writing to the Colossian church, he's telling them that the mystery is that now Christ is in you, the Gentiles, which is the hope. Of glory. This is a mystery to the Israelites. They thought that they were the ones who were elected for salvation. They did not know that God had planned to include the Gentiles in the salvation plan. But if you look through Genesis, you see that God already had the whole world in mind. When he promised Abraham, he said, in you shall the whole world, shall the heading be blessed. So he did not say that in Abraham, the Israelites were the only ones who were going to be blessed. But he said in Abraham, the whole world was going to be blessed. So God had already given an indication. However, the people were not paying attention. And even at the, at the point in the, the time Jesus Christ was on earth, in the ministry of Jesus Christ, the people still, still did not accept the fact that the Gentiles were going to be saved. And so now Paul is saying that this was a mystery. It has been hidden from all the prophets. All the prophets of old, they did not see that God had a plan to include the Gentiles. 
However, this mystery has been revealed in our days, in our age. And this mystery is that Christ lives inside of us. And that is the hope of glory. And so the, the, even the apostles that Jesus Christ left the ministry for, when he, he left the gospel for when he, he ascended on earth, they still couldn't accept the fact that the Gentiles were part of, of um, the salvation plan of God. And so in Acts chapter 10, when Colonius had received, had, had received an angel, and the angel told him, go and call Peter and let Peter come and preach the gospel to you. Peter still was struggling to accept the fact that he had to walk to a Gentile's house and preach the gospel to that Gentile. And so this is the mystery. The apostles could not accept. And that is why Paul had a lot of difficulty in his ministry. Because his ministry was to the Gentiles. He was assigned to preach to the Gentiles. And the Jewish people opposed him everywhere he went to because they couldn't accept the fact. They did not see between the lines, that God had planned to include the Gentiles in his salvation plan. And so when the angel was sent to Colonius, and Colonius sent men to Peter, God had to separately speak to Peter to prepare to work with the people that have been sent to him. And so in the vision, in Acts chapter 10, verse 9, the Bible says that the next day as they went on their journey and drew near to the city, Peter went up on the housetop to pray. About the same hour, then he became very hungry and wanted to eat. But while they made... While they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven open and an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners, descending and let down to the earth. And when you read further, the Bible says that Peter was instructed to take and eat. And he said, no, you know that I, have, I, I don't eat any unclean things. Because the thing in the vision, what he saw was that he saw things that were unclean for the Israelites to eat. And then the voice was telling him to take and eat. And he said, you know, I'm an Israelite. I don't eat unclean things. And God is saying, do not say that the things that God has made clean, you are saying that it's unclean. So the Gentiles have been prepared for salvation. However, the Israelites could not accept them. So I'm just trying to explain the mystery that Paul is talking about. Paul says this is the mystery that was hidden from all ages, but now has been revealed to us that Christ lives inside of us. And if Christ lives inside of us, Paul says that is the hope of glory. This morning I'm talking about the Christ effect. As somebody who has Christ living inside of you, it must affect every part of your life. That effect has to be seen by people. Most of the times when we talk about a Christ effect, the first thing we think about is deliverance for salvation um, from sin. That he saved us from sin. And most of us stop there. Yes, we know we received Jesus Christ. He forgave us our sin. But that is a means to an end. That is not just the end itself. He saved us from sin so that God could come and live inside of us. The Holy Spirit 
will come and live inside of us. So that we'll be one with God. God's plan during creation was that he will come and have fellowship with men. Sin separated us from having that fellowship. So the purpose of Jesus Christ dying was not just so that our sins will be forgiven. That is not where it ends. But so that we will come back and unite with God. So that God will live inside of us. Christ in you is the hope of glory. When Christ lives inside of you, the effect of Christ living inside of you has to be seen by men. In every area of your life. Not just in in your moral aspect, but in everything you do, the effect of the presence of God in your life has to be seen. But the effect will not be seen if you are not conscious of the fact that Christ lives inside of you. So Christ's consciousness is very important for every believer. It's like somebody who you, something has been willed to you. Maybe let's say Hollywood has been willed to you or any other theme park, maybe... um, Disney has been willed to you and you have it in your hand and you walk into the park and you pay for everything and you join in having the fun and everything. You have the will in your hand. It belongs to you. But you are not conscious of it because you don't even know that the whole park actually belongs to you. And you still pay and do all that and come back home. You still have the will in your hand. But actually you are the owner. You own everything. The story is set up by a man who, bought, who, who paid, saved money and then went on a ship. When he got there, he paid for the ticket. He didn't know that the ticket included the meal. So he had his own bread somewhere and he was eating the bread every day. He saw the other guys enjoying the meal in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening. And he was just there. Had his own bread and water. He was taking the bread and the water. But the other people knew that their ticket included the meals as well. And so they enjoyed it. At the point when they got to their destination, he, he asked, why is it that these people... No, somebody, one of the waiters came to him and asked him, that, I've seen that you didn't eat anything. Why? He said, oh, I only had money for the ticket. And the waiter told him, the ticket included all the meals that were served. And that is how sometimes our salvation looks like. We believe that we have been saved from sin. But what is the effect of the presence of God having in our life? In America, they have have something they call the Oprah. I mean, I don't know if it's still there. They have the Oprah effect. Where people and um, people who were starting their businesses and people who had product, which were not doing well, when they brought it to the show, you can Google this thing. When when they brought it to the show and they spoke about it on the show, it had an effect on their sales. And their sales changed from that very moment where they... They, they, they brought the product on the show, or they brought their service on the show, it's changed. And they, said, they are saying that as soon as they brought the, their product on the show, people began to patronize their product. They, so they called it the Oprah effect. It had an effect on their product, on their service. I'm just using this as an illustration that the presence of Christ in our life must have an effect in our lives. The Bible tells us about Peter. That Peter, they saw the boldness that Peter was preaching with. In Acts chapter 4, verse 13, the Bible says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were uneducated, untrained men, and they marveled. They were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled, and they realized that they had been with Jesus. 
the Christ effect had rubbed upon them. These were uneducated men. They were mere fishermen, not regarded in the community. They didn't have any right to preach. They didn't have any right to teach. Those days, if you are going to teach anything at all, you have to be a Pharisee. You have to be somebody who is learned, who have gone to sit under somebody and learn. You have to be a teacher of the law or a Pharisee before you can even talk about divinity or theology. But this common fishermen stood with boldness. They knew that because these guys were unlearned, they were expecting them to be timid. Because if you are saying something that you don't, you are not very, you are not an authority in, you, are, you, don't, you are not very sure about what you are saying. Usually you cannot have the boldness to say it. But when they saw the boldness that these guys were teaching with, they knew that these guys had not been to the college that they had been to. They had not sat under any teacher that they had sat under. And they were wondering, how did these guys get the courage and the boldness to do these things? And they said, they, they realized that they had been with Jesus. Because of the time they spent with Jesus, the effect of spending time with Jesus rubbed upon them. Where this unlearned fisherman had boldness to stand before people who were teachers of the law and teach them. Because of the Christ effect. If there are things in your life that you are struggling with, if there are situations that you are confronted with, you have to remind yourself that Christ in you is the hope of glory. The presence of Jesus Christ in your life must bring an effect in your life. But if you are not conscious of it, you cannot enjoy the benefit of that effect. Salvation the Greek word for salvation also means healing. But many people stop at salvation. And we limit salvation to deliverance from sin. But salvation is more than deliverance from sin. We must allow the Christ effect to affect every area of our life. The Christ factor. Anybody who spends time in the presence of God is transformed. When Moses went into the presence of God and stayed there for 40 days, when he came back, the Bible says that his face was shining and the people could not look into his face. He had seen the effect of spending time in the presence of God. Anybody who spends time in the presence of God must have the effect of the presence of God rubbing upon him. And this must be evident to the, to the people around him. We must not hide that effect that Christ has had on us. We have to be conscious. When we go through struggles, when we go through difficult situations, we must remind ourselves that Christ lives inside of us. And if Christ lives inside of us, the effect of Christ living inside of us has to be seen. You see, when the Bible says Christ lives inside of us, it is telling us that God lives inside of us. And we are not common. We are not mere men. The Bible says, Paul rebuked the Corinthian church. That you are acting like mere men. In other words, he's saying you are not mere men. So if you are a child of God, who has the Holy Spirit living inside of you? The Holy Spirit is God living inside of you. Can you imagine? Have you actually taken time to meditate and think about the fact that I am I'm here on earth today and I'm saying that God, the one who created the whole world, lives inside of me. If once you catch the revelation of the fact that God lives inside of you, your, your thoughts about yourself is different. When you are confronted with situations, you think differently. 
Because you know that God is inside of you. Let the Christ that is inside of you have an effect on everything you do. Allow Christ to affect everything you do. And it starts with you being conscious of the fact that Christ lives inside of you. So Paul reminded the Gentiles, the Colossian church, that this is a mystery that was hidden from the prophet, the prophets of old. And that mystery is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So if Christ lives inside of you, you have hope of eternity. But that is not all there is for Christ being inside of you. You have victory over everything on earth. When Christ was walking on the face of the earth, he had victory over everything. He had victory over sicknesses, victory over nature. When he spoke to the wind, the wind obeyed him. Christ inside of you, the hope of glory. Let the Christ factor affect every aspect of your life. Peter, who was not learned, Peter, who was a coward, before a very small girl, he denied Jesus Christ. However, this man has now has the boldness to stand before teachers of the law, people who are experts in the law, and he wants to tell, tell them theology about God. He wants to explain God to the people who are the experts of the law. And the Bible says, they took note of him that he had been with Jesus Christ had had an effect on Peter's life. Peter had been transformed because of the Christ effect. Now I want to talk about the effect of Christ on the cross. I I believe we know that Jesus is not the only one who died on the cross. So far as the history of the world is concerned, he's not the only man who has ever died on the cross. Before Jesus was crucified, it was a normal thing that people who are murderers, people who are thieves, people who have done evil things were going to be hanged on the cross. That was how they were punished for their crimes. And so there were so many people who had been hanged on the cross before Jesus Christ came. And so the cross was seen as a symbol of death, a symbol of condemnation. Nobody was going to associate themselves with the cross. Nobody will carry a cross on their neck before the death of Jesus Christ. Because if you are carrying a cross on your neck, you are telling people that you have been condemned. The cross was not a symbol that people loved or people who hung on their necks. But Christ hung on that cross, had an effect on that cross. Now, people hang crosses on their neck to show that they have a relationship with God. The thing that changed how people perceived the cross was, was the Christ effect. That Christ was also hanged on that cross. And so it changed the perception of men about the cross. Today we have a lot of people who buy chains and they want the cross on it, hang it around their neck. It is the Christ effect that has transformed how people view the cross. Before Christ died on the cross, no one would associate themselves with the cross because it was for murderers, it was for, it was for thieves, it was for people who have been condemned, people whose society doesn't want them to live among them. But because Christ also hung on that cross, today we feel proud to identify with the cross. The cross has become a symbol of love. It has become a symbol of the presence of God. You go to people's homes and they have the cross there because of the Christ effect. How people view the cross has changed. Because of Christ hanging on the cross, it's changed the identity of the cross. If Christ lives inside of you, your identity has to change. 
the way people view you from before you accepted Jesus Christ. Because of his presence in your life, your identity has to change. Now, people use the cross to show that they have a relationship with God. And this is another very popular example. The donkey who was abandoned, nobody was riding that donkey. Nobody ever used that donkey. The owner didn't even care when the apostles decided to borrow the donkey. They didn't even care. He said, take, they said, take the donkey away. But that donkey that had been abandoned, one day was walking on the cloth of man because of the Christ effect, because of the Christ factor. Because Christ was sitting on that donkey, the way people treated the donkey was different. That day, the, the identity of the donkey changed because of the Christ effect. Every one of us who is a child of God, Christ in you, the hope of glory. That glory has to affect every area of your life. And it will not affect that area of your life automatically. You have to be conscious of the Christ factor. You have to speak about the Christ factor. You see, Jesus Christ was in the boat with the apostles. However, the wind was still blowing. And the apostles were trying all their best to calm the wind. These were expert fishermen. They did all they, they could do to try to calm it. Christ was still there sleeping. Nothing changed. The storm was still there. Christ was in the boat with them. And so the fact that you are a Christian does not mean the storms will not come. But then, what is inside of you? You have to speak what is inside of you. When the storm arises, so that you be so that you'll be able to defeat the storm, overcome the storm by speaking what is inside of you. You have to be conscious of what is inside of you. Speak that then that is inside of you. Christ lives inside of you. It must not just affect your moral life. Of course, it is important that Jesus Christ living inside of you must affect your moral life. It must affect the way you relate to people. It must also affect every area of your life. The places in your life that you have suffered defeat. Be conscious of the... Be conscious of... I, I lost part of the recording because of the alarm. Be conscious of the Christ factor. Let that factor affect every aspect of your life. Is there any area in your life that you feel like you are being defeated constantly? This morning, I just want to remind you, let that Christ factor affect that area of your life. Somebody will say, I've been praying, I've been praying so hard, but it has not changed. So what are you going to do? Will you start complaining instead of praying? Or will you stop praying? If you stop praying, nothing changes, nothing moves. If you stop praying. Yes, you have been praying for so long. So if you switch to complaining, the situation will become worse. If it doesn't become worse, at least the best you can get is that it will not change. So you continue praying. Because God has, tell, has told us in his word that men always ought to pray. You, As a believer, you must understand that you have no other place. You have no other God, like Peter said. That we have no other place to go. This is the only thing I know. I have to continue to pray. You see, sometimes if you are praying and you don't really know exactly how to deal with the situation, one of the things that happen as you continue to pray is that God will direct you and show you what you are supposed to do in that situation. And that's why you must not stop praying and you must not keep up praying. You have to continue to pray. Let the Christ factor affect that area of your life that you think you have suffered defeat. Let the Christ factor affect that area. If it's in the area of healing, Jesus, when he was on earth, 
I just picked one story here about a blind man. The Bible says in John chapter 9 verse 6, when he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made a clay with saliva and he anointed his eyes. And the blind man, and the eyes of the blind man, I'm sorry, he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay and he said to him, go and wash in the pool of Sino. Now, this was a man who had was, was blind from his mother's womb. He was blind from his mother's womb. When the apostles, when the disciples saw him, he said, so who had sinned that this thing has happened to him? Most of the times when things happen to us, the first thing we think about is, what have I done wrong? Usually, that's what we think about. But sometimes you have not done anything wrong. It is not every time that something happens to you, you have to think, oh, I think I've done something wrong. Let me find out. Oh, God, forgive me my sins. Sometimes you have not even done anything wrong. So the apostles asked, who sinned? Is it the man or the mother or the father? And Christ said, nobody has sinned. It's just for the glory of God. And he anointed the man's eyes. And the Bible says that he asked him to go and wash. And so he went and washed. And came back seeing. Therefore, the neighbors and those who previously had seen he was blind said, Is this not he who sat and begged? When you read further, the Bible says, Then they argued among themselves. Some said, This is he. Others said, "He's, He's like him. He said, I am he. Therefore, they said to him, How were your eyes opened? The Christ factor. He had an encounter with Christ. This man has been blind from his mother's womb. Had never seen anything. But had an encounter with Jesus Christ. And his eyes opened. And people were now arguing. Is this the man who was blind? Some said, oh, maybe he just looks like him. And he said, I am the one. I am the one who was, who, who was blind. But I now see. This man was blind from his mother's womb. There is no situation on earth that cannot be reversed. There are things that medical science has declared as things they can only manage. They cannot resolve. They cannot solve. They cannot heal or help you get better. But as a believer, have it in the foundation of your heart. There is no situation that cannot be reversed. Don't ever believe in your life that there is a situation that cannot be reversed. There is no situation. Let it sink deep in your heart. No matter what you are confronted with in life, there is no situation. Even if it means you have to continue to believe this till you die, believe it, that there is no situation that cannot be reversed. There is nothing that cannot be changed. The Bible says, with God, all things are possible. There is no situation. Things that medical science has declared as impossible, with God, all things possible if this man was blind from his mother's womb and jesus prayed for him and he, he could see with god everything is possible the bible says jesus christ the same yesterday today and forever the things that we read about in the bible he's still doing them now the fact that you have not seen it does not mean he's not doing it today we have a lot of people and even ministers who limit the power of god by their experience because they have not seen it they say god cannot do it and god will not do it but with god all things are possible i believe the word of god than the experience of a man 
Yes, they, they may be, they, these people might be anointed people who have worked in some level of power, in some level of anointing. And so they will say that, oh, I have not seen God doing this, doing things this way. I don't think God will do it this way. I believe what the word says. With God, all things are possible. How many things? All things are possible. Today we have a problem where a lot of people teach their experience instead of teaching the word of God. They teach what they have experienced and the things they have seen. And so they say the things they have not seen cannot happen. But the Bible says all things are possible. I believe what the Bible says. We thank God for what he used those men for. But I will not limit myself to the experience of men. This, this week I was meditating. And one thing that came to mind is that learn from the experience of men, other people. But don't limit God to the experience of other people. The things that others have experienced. I go to them. I listen to them. I learn from their experience. However, I will not limit God by their experience. I will open myself up for what, God say, what the word of God says is possible. And wait for that and continue to believe until I see the change even if it means I believe till the end and I don't see it I'll continue to believe the Bible says in Hebrews that some people believed but yet they didn't see the promise they kept on believing when God spoke to Abraham and said that in your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed Abraham did not live to see it but God is faithful today the whole nations of the earth are blessed in the seed of Abraham so God is not a liar. If Abraham was going to die at the, at the point of his death, he said, oh, but God promised me that he might see the whole nations of the earth will be, blessed, will be blessed. But this promise, I didn't see it. Does that mean that God is unfaithful? No. God is faithful to his word. Even after the death of Abraham, God still remained faithful to his word. And so when God promised Abraham, he repeated that promise to Isaac. He repeated that promise to Jacob. He said, I promised Abraham. Years and years after, when Abraham was gone, God remained faithful to the promise to a dead man. God is faithful to his word. And he saw it through from Moses until Joshua. The promise came to pass. Several generations who were not the first recipient of the promise. God promised David that forever a king will remain on the, on, on the throne. A king from your family will remain on the throne. David died. That promise came to pass. So God is faithful to every single word. The Bible says it is impossible for God to lie. Somebody explained it this way. When God tells a lie, it will t- tend to become the truth. But the Bible says God cannot lie. And so we have to believe, have full We have to be fully persuaded about the promises of God, the Christ effect. The Christ effect must affect every area of your life. This morning, I don't want you to live here feeling that I'm a Christian. I'll go to heaven. But I accept the fact that I've been defeated in this area of my life. I can't do anything about it. You can do something about it. The Christ effect can affect every area of your life. The Christ factor can change every area of your life. Amen. There was a man who was called Saul. This man, the Bible says in Acts chapter 8 verse 1. Now Saul was consenting to his death. Saul was consenting to the death of Stephen. When they were stoning Stephen, Paul said, come on, go ahead. He was encouraging them that go ahead. 
continue stone him, kill him. He was taking care of the clothes of the people, the people who were stoning Stephen. They brought their clothes to him, and then he took, he took care of the clothes for them, and he encouraged encouraged them to stone Stephen. So Bible says that Paul was consenting to the death of Stephen. He he was part. He participated by taking care of the clothes and encouraging the people to stone Stephen. At the time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the region of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And the devout, and devout men carried Stephen to his barrier and made great lamentation over him. This was a murderer. Somebody who was persecuting the church. Somebody who had taken letters to go and arrest the church, the people, everybody who he found in the church and imprison them. But he had an encounter with Jesus Christ. And the Christ factor transformed a man who was a murderer. Transformed a man who was a sinner. Transformed a man who had a letter to imprison people who were preaching the gospel to preach the same gospel. That when people saw him, they said, isn't this the man who had letters to arrest all of us and imprison us? But the Christ factor had changed this man. And this man had become so humble and carried the same gospel that he had a letter to arrest people who were preaching. And he went about (coughs) preaching the same gospel because of the Christ factor. If you have believed in Jesus Christ, if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, allow the Christ factor in your life to change you, to transform you. If there is any situation in your life, be conscious of the Christ factor. Apply that factor. You have the name of Jesus Christ. God lives inside of you. Know this. God lives inside of you. The creator of heaven and earth. The mighty God that we all serve. He lives inside of you. Be conscious of this. It is so important that we are conscious of Christ who lives in us. The Bible says, Christ in you. The hope of glory. And so God rebuked the Israelites, telling them, I said you you are gods, but you will die like mere men. Because you are not conscious of the fact that I made you gods, you will die like mere men. Paul rebuked the Corinthian church and told them, aren't you guys behaving like mere men? If you have Christ inside of you, you have to be conscious of the fact that, thank you, you have to be conscious of the fact that you are not just a mere man. You carry God inside of you. When you walk into a building, God has walked into that building because you carry God inside of you. Imagine how you walk, how you talk, and how you think about yourself. If you are conscious of the fact that God lives inside of you, imagine how you think about yourself. Don't think lowly of yourself. Don't think about yourself as somebody who has been disappointed, somebody who is a failure, somebody who has failed. Instead, God lives inside of you. God is not a failure. No, the one who created the heavens and the earth is not a failure. He does not give back to failures. And so you will have victory in that area of your life. Be conscious. Get what the word of God says concerning that particular area. 
Apply the word of God and you will have victory. The Bible says Christ in you, the hope of glory. Glory in every aspect. Some people will teach and say that the glory we are talking about is the glory that we will see at the end of the age. You see, at the end of the age, all the problems that we are facing here on earth, they will, they will expire. They will have no use. There is no need we have here on earth that will be in heaven. And God had made provision for all of us here on earth. And so be conscious of the Christ factor. God lives inside of you. We bow down our heads for a word of prayer. I want you to pray now. Look at every area of your life. The places in your life that feels like you have been defeated. The things in your life that look like they have never changed. They will never change. This morning, I want you to be conscious of Christ in you. The Bible says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. That you will come out of that situation glorious. That thing that looks like a failure, you will come out of it victorious. In the name of Jesus, I want you to pray. Personally, you know what you are going through. You know the things that you are going through right now. You know the areas that you need the Christ, the effect of the Christ factor in your life. I want you to pray this morning. The Bible says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. There is glory ahead of you. The Bible says, we look not at the things that we see now. For the things that we see now are temporal. But the things that are unseen are eternal. Everything that you are going through now is temporal. The Bible says that those things that we are looking at right now, they will come to pass. They will expire. But the things that are prepared for us are eternal. I want you to pray right now. The Christ factor has to be seen in your life. Pray that the Christ factor will be seen in every area of your life. No one ever came to Christ and remained the same. Look through the Bible. No one came to Christ and remained the same. The effect of the Christ factor has to be seen, has to be evident in your life. The Bible says they took knowledge of Peter that he had been with Jesus. They took knowledge of him that he had been with Jesus. I want you to pray that men will take knowledge of you, that you have spent time in the presence of God. You have spent time reading the Bible. Men will take knowledge of you. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus for your word. Holy Spirit, I pray. This word that has been spoken this morning, use this word in the heart of your people. I pray that you remind them when they need them. Let this word be planted in their heart to God that everyone under the sound of my voice will be conscious of the presence of Christ in their life that they will see the evidence of Christ in their life in Jesus mighty name we have prayed Amen Amen. Amen.